I'm going to go ahead and plow into this. Everyone has their little handouts. And, uh, oh, okay. Well, I'll get you one. Huh? On the back? Yeah, this is what we've got. She's got. Well, I think you. I think you were. Pretty, she was. She was writing answers down before you got there. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, they're they're really simple to answer. This isn't really hard. Yeah, now that you say that. So, Sharon likes the fill in the blanks. Yeah, I hadn't gotten through everything I was going to say, but the answers are really easy to figure out. So that's not a problem at all. At all. All right, so let's just, I was just working through these character qualities, and we're about done with that. We'll finish that up tonight, so uh, let's pray and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time to visit and meet, and thank you for the opportunity to uh, continue to this study. Pray for Sharon as she's out with family tonight. Uh, thank you for all the festivities and activities of uh, the graduates. Lord, next week we'll be able to honor those that have uh, graduated, Lord, and in J- June we'll be honoring the HBI students that graduate as well. And Lord, we're thankful for folks that invest their lives into education, but most importantly, education in the Word of God. I uh, pray a blessing on the reading and the hearing of your Word tonight. Pray for your body, your church, and just ask, Lord, your good hand be upon it. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so uh, just to recap, we're in First uh, Timothy chapter three, and looking at these character qualities of the pastor and the deacon. Uh, this is a true saying, verse one: If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then, or yeah, then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, no not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into the reproach and the snare of the devil. The devil's mentioned twice there. Likewise, must the deacons be grave, uh, not double-tongued, not given to wine, not given to filthy lucre, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. Let these also first be proved. Then let them use the office of a deacon, being found blameless. Uh, even so must their wives be grave, not slanderous, sober, faithful in all things. Let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their own houses well. For they that use the office of a deacon have well purchased to themselves a good degree, and have boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. These things write I unto thee, hoping to come to thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, and believed on in the world, received up into glory. So if you haven't read a chapter of your Bible, you have tonight. So you're you're good to go. All right. So thus far, we have seen uh, the the uh, well. First of all, the 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 reflect the glory of godliness, which we ended on in verse 16, that God was manifest in the flesh and justified in the spirit. That is the mystery of godliness, and it is reflected in the characteristics of the office. Uh, it's a good office. It's a good work, and it is a good office for godly men to desire. We saw that it's reflected in the character of the officers, the pastors. Of course, then must be the word must was important. Uh, blameless. <coughs> The husbands of one wife, vigilant, sober, good behavior, um, given to hospitality, apt to teach, uh, not given to wine, no striker. I'm getting there. 
and that's for where we were last week. And we spent a lot of time on wine, and uh, no wine in here. And then no striker, not, uh, greedy of filthy lucre, uh, patient, and then not a brawler. And that's where we're going to finish up tonight on not a brawler. So that ties with the previous points uh, that we've already seen, not a brawler. But we must not be uh, quick to start a fight physically or verbally. Right, so there's some people that can, they have words that can be very contentious. Right, so usually that precedes a, a physical brawl. So we need a, uh, a man of God should not be one to, you know, physically or verbally, be a brawler. There are times when uh, you do get into into it with a man, but unfortunately there are times uh, you must, um, you know. Uh, defend yourself or what have you there's always circumstances Paul's not saying you don't ever have a physical fight but he's saying you should not be noted as a brawler so 1 Corinthians 15.32 says if after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus what what advantageth it me if the dead rise not let us eat and drink for tomorrow we will die or we die right so there are times when even the apostle Paul had to you know defend himself so all saints, um, the pastors in particular, must be able to disagree without being disagreeable. That's really the point. We, should, we don't have to be, you know, contentious. Uh, and short tempers will make for short ministers, you know, short ministries. So if the adversary can draw you into a fight, uh, he will. And uh, dead men do not fight well, right? So we should not uh, be, you know, we should be dead to self and not, not uh, so quick to get into contention so uh so that's that goes without saying not a brawler doesn't need a whole lot of uh, explanation of course not covetous pretty self-explanatory this is more than the love of money this is a heart condition that can be hid from everyone but god the pastor must uh, make sure his treasure is invested in things above so his heart follows it this is appropriate for the church age we live in since the admonition of revelation three eighteen is to buy of Jesus, gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and anointing our eyes with eye salve, that we may see. So we are deceiving ourselves, and fail to value the word of God and the riches contained therein. And Jesus is alluding to the reality that uh, what is popular among the peers is not going to cut the muster when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So uh, we cannot be covetous. covetous. And um, and what is really valuable to us is what's important. You know, where is our treasure? Because where our treasure is, there will our heart be also. So, of course, the man of God, woman of God, our treasure should be on things above, on the God, word of God and the souls of men, and how we esteem and value the word of God. And, uh, you know, that's going to also reflect it in our character. As we talked about this morning, what we believe is what we do. And number uh, 15 is one that ruleth well his own house. That is obviously referring to a man's role in the home as a husband, uh, as a father, and a patriarch. Uh, It does not include the relation, (laughs) this does not only include the relationships, it could also be, uh, you know, property and finance. So I can remember helping a pastor prepare to move to his first pastorate and, uh, me and another pastor were helping him get things together and realized the man neglected his home so much that uh, uh, my pastor friend gently rebuked him, or maybe not so gently. But when confronted with a, a, a very, very filthy furnace filter, that I mean, it was dangerously bad, um, he said, well, it's not eternal, and he didn't need to focus on that because I'm focused on ministry. 
And that was a that guy's not in ministry today. Uh, and that was a red flag. It was just literally just like weeks before he was moving to to go to a church. And uh, I had no idea. I was shocked at that statement, you know. And it really, it really revealed either a complete lack of understanding of what a husband's there to do, or a complete, you know, streak of pride, you know, unwillingness to humble himself and say, "Oh, man, thanks for sharing that. I should, you know, show me how to change an air filter or whatever you need to do." I mean, it was very telling. And uh, and uh, so later on, I wasn't surprised when it didn't work out in the ministry. <laughs> so. Um, they just there were some basics that weren't there. Some of the character issues. It wasn't an issue of 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 uh, aptitude in, in regard to the word of God. It was an issue of just these basics, you know, like how to rule your house well. Um, so, so if you're not if you don't care enough for your family uh, to change a furnace filter uh, or to learn those things, that's that's a red flag. I mean, those are things that men ought to do, you know, and uh, take care of those little things. It's the little things, you know, and so uh, and so. Anyhow, um, it can be an emotional problem at times as well, right? There's times when men are as juvenile as their children, and so they'll, you know. His approach to life is going to be wasting a lot of things, sundry activities that are of no profit, forsaking the rule of his home, playing with all of his toys. You know, you've probably seen those men that are emotionally immature, and they just are big, big boys with toys. You know, and they put stickers on their trucks and say, "He that dies with the most toys wins." You know, <laughs> stuff like that, which it's funny, haha. But there's actually men that live that way. I mean, the next, they just pursue the next the next athletic event, the next whatever, you know, and they're just really not, they're not men, you know, they're just boys at heart. So they need to grow up. They're not going to rule their house well. Um, and so, um, you know, you got to, I've got, at my house, I mean, I can, I can buy the t-shirt. There's times I got to take time when I don't feel like I have time and I got to work on it. I mean, physically. I mean, like, I got to paint it. I need to do some of that right now. Right? You got to take care of things because it's it's a reproach in my neighborhood. I need to provide for my physical house. Well, if I got to take care of my physical house like that, well, what in the world are we going to do with our spiritual house? All right? There's times we got to invest there, make sure things are in order. Of course, that can, we can only go so far. God invested perfectly in Adam and Eve, and they still fell. So, I mean, humans are humans. So, I'm not saying you got to be perfect, but we should, it says, rule our own house well. Uh, one that ruleth well his own house. Uh, and by the way, he's not called to rule everyone else's house. Some uh, some pastors have a tendency to want to rule everybody else's house. That's not their job. That's the Lord's job and the men's job. Our job is to train men that will rule their own house. Uh, so having his children in subjection with all gravity, um, that follows right in order with that. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Uh, the self-explanatory, rhetorical. Um, I don't think we need a lot of explanation there. If our child is running a mafia drug ring from the church, you probably have failed. And uh, I wish I was creating up that story, but I actually know of a situation like that um, in a foreign country. Terrible situation. I got caught in that situation many years ago. So, um, yeah, not the guy that should be running the church. Uh, <clears throat> I, for one, am very aware uh, of this. Any pastor who thinks he is the guru of child rearing and will never get caught um, on this is certainly a fool. I've heard pastors make outlandish statements about how my kids won't do this or won't do that. That's a father who doesn't understand the Bible uh, or the fact that 
Man, it's a it's a tenuous situation. Satan loves to destroy the picture of Christ in the church, and if he can't destroy your marriage, he'll definitely go after the fruit of the womb because he knows it's the Lord's reward. And so, uh, so you know, these are things that uh, a wise minister will be understanding of. The pastor uh, and and Christians' children have a target on them as well. And I think that's important to throw out there, um, especially at a prayer meeting. Um, and so, you know, it's important that, that uh, we start early in raising our kids and prepare them. And it isn't, you know, sometimes pastors' kids, it's not fair. Well, it's not always fair. But it's also super beneficial. Pastors' kids and missionary kids get to do some things others don't. But, yeah, it's not always fair. But it is what God's called them to. So it takes parents preparing them for that. And um, if you don't start early, you can be sorry later. So ministry can be difficult, for sure. So um, having the the uh, children in subjection with all gravity. And I like that word, gravity. Um, it's not that the kids have to be like somber, like they're going to the funeral all the time. It's that there's just this understanding that what, what the ministry is serious. And if it doesn't come from the home, it's definitely not reinforced in the world. And so... Um, and so it's important that it comes from the Father. And uh, not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, you fall in the condemnation of the devil. And this is not necessarily dealing with the physical youth, but the spiritual maturation. Of course, physical youth would have some play in that, but proving is the key. The pastor should have fruit in his life and experience in ministry. Uh, the devil is good at playing rope-a-dope and allowing a young man to experience success, only to destroy him through character pitfalls at length. And uh, unfortunately, I've probably uh, seen that too often, maybe even helped contribute to that. So uh, not a novice, not a novice. And then 18, number of rebellion. Um, moreover, he must, well, 13 is the number of rebellion, 18 is 666. Moreover, he, he must uh, have uh, a good report of them that are without, lest he fall into the reproach and snare of the devil. The enemy does not shoot out the lip, and the pastor uh, and all the saints must be sensitive to the slander that comes from the adversary. Uh, and so, if his name is, uh, you know, pasted on the wall at uh, Shelton Printing up here at the at the mall, always puts up people's. It's been a while since I've seen it, but they used to put, if you don't pay your bill, they plaster your name on the wall. Have you ever seen that? So. Uh, that's one way. If you write a bad check, they put your name on the wall. So that's the last thing a pastor can afford <laughs> is to have your name plastered on the wall. you got to have a good... I don't know if they're saved or not, but you want to have a good report of them that are without. And so that's the, uh, that is the you know, the pastor's role. The deacons are very similar. And uh, we'll, I'll go ahead and tarry on that till the next time. Um, and so... Um, the point is simply is 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 this the glory of godliness and this is important is reflected in the characteristics of the office and the officer so it it is good that the men that are in the office are godly men or rather they're the deacons or the pastors and um and so we all should need to pray, you know, that we would we would fill that character, regardless of officially being in the office or not, because God needs godly people to advance the cause, both men and women. Likewise, of course, the wives are to fall in uh, suit, and uh, as we see in the text this evening, Psalms twelve one says, uh, "Help, Lord, for the the godly man ceaseth." We often go to Psalms 12 and we, we immediately think about you know God preserving his word, as obviously it is talking about that. But you know the, the psalm starts out by saying, Help, Lord, the godly man ceaseth. There's no godly men. 
for the faithful fail from among the children of men. And at the end of the day, that's what we want to be. We want to be faithful men. Faithful men who are able to teach others also. Uh, it's really just that simple. The church needs help, and we need more godly men. We need This church needs... I mean, we, got great, we do have a great crop of godly men, but we need more. Uh, Cass County needs more. Uh, the city needs more. The, the country needs more. The world needs more. I mean, we need to, it's just everything I was talking about this morning. And we can like go, woe is me, we can't stand up against the world. But that's just not the truth. God has called us to be men of faith and women of faith and um, and to go forward in faith and to pray without ceasing and to advance the cause of the gospel um, fearlessly and to continue to accomplish the mission of God and the power of God for the glory of God. So help, Lord. Teach us you know, what we must be to transform us into what we must do. So, um, and I'm sorry, teach us what we must be so it transform us into what we must be so we can do that which we must do to accomplish the mission of God in the power of God. All right, so that concludes this section, and Wendy already has her notes filled out. So um, the glory of godliness is reflected in the characteristics of the office and the officers and the character of the congregation, so uh, which we haven't gotten to yet. I'll get to that next time. So next week we should be on, and then uh, the next the Lord's Supper Sunday, fifth, fifth Sunday. Um, that's Memorial Day weekend as well, isn't it? So we yeah we we'll do taking it to the streets, and so we probably won't have it that Sunday. And Church in the Park is the following. So, uh, but we usually have it on Church in the Park, don't we? Yeah, so, okay, well, if we only have four of us, we may go start a church plant somewhere with this Bible study, so we'll see what happens through the summer. But uh, uh, I will take it on the road if it, stays, if it stays this light. We'll just go start a Bible study somewhere <clears throat> and see what God can do. All right, so um, let's, uh, you don't know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've always, I've considered if, if this got too low, instead of invest, no, I'm fenced, but if we're just going to be a handful, we'll just move it somewhere and just see if we could get some interest in another location, like Grandview or Belton or Butler, maybe go down to Butler and start a little Bible study and see if we could generate some interest in a Bible study in another community and see what God does on a Sunday night. That's been my heart for about seven years, So, <clears throat> but I've always been stuck, you know, tied here, so I thought, well... If it gets too small, I'll just say Bible study for heart on Sunday night is going to be in Butler. And I'll do something different with the pastor meeting. And uh, <clears throat> and we'll do that because we could pioneer a new work that way and see what we could do, see if it would grow. And uh, and so if not, and you guys, you could come or not come, but then we would be utilizing Sunday nights and getting advancing the mission. So pray about that. We'll see what God does. But I've been doing this for quite a while in lieu of that, so we'll see. But uh, but uh, you know maybe I should take a summer and try that. We'll see what happens. Well, let's go ahead and, and uh, get ready to pray. I didn't have any prayer pieces. I didn't find any. So um, we'll just have to pray over the list. There's some things that we can praise God for. Deanne McKittrick is asking for prayer. Uh, Oh, thank you. I forgot. Thank you, Ron. Man, Ron. <laughs>